Hi, John. <laughs> Hi, Merlin. How's it going? Mm. Uh-huh. I haven't wanted to get out of bed lately. Oh, boy. I didn't want to get out of bed this morning. I didn't want to get out of bed yesterday morning. Hmm. I just wanted to stay in bed. Hmm. Do you, Do you have... remember your dreams? Uh, I mean, y- yes. Hmm. Uh, my dreams are strange. My dreams are my my dreams are very. I mean, I, I, to answer your question, uh, I, I hope you're going to tell me a dream. Um, I I do, <laughs> and I've recorded them, and I sometimes like to provoke people by reading them my dreams. What? Because you nobody, know, you've never read me your dreams. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'll talk talk about a Patreon bonus. I've <laughs> I would be thrilled to read you my dreams but i also don't want to take you off your bed if you ever want to hear my dreams you say you want me to read you one dream how long are your dreams i mean how long are your written dreams well i i I hate to spoil it but the the thing is my dreams are are bad i've talked about this in other programs my dreams are so impressionistic that it's made me uh skeptical about people who have dreams that are an actual story well 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 uh so uh, I'm not, I, I'm not I, a hater. I'm not a hater. Yeah. This is not cancel culture. No, I know, I know, I know. You don't yuck other people's yums. But I don't. I really don't. I, well, I know I'm you trying. don't. There's some. Well, there's some. There's some yums that really should be yucked. It's hard. It is hard. There's some. Uh, yeah. I, I I am totally down with us doing a separate program once a month where you just read me your dreams. Can, can um, I whet your appetite? But I want to hear one dream. But let me tell you what I Please. remember because because I used to remember my dreams. I. I went through a I, long I remember period. them way more when I was a kid. Yeah, right. And I went through a long period where I didn't remember them, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, you probably weren't let, getting there. I mean, if I could say I'm not a physician, John. Sure. I'm not, I'm not even an osteopath, but sure. I, I don't have a PhD. <laughs> yeah. I, have, sure. I, have a, I have a bachelor's in dream. Mm. <laughs> That's well, one. That's so, one. Mm. So what I remember of last night's dream, I was in a kind of, uh, I was in a kind of Game of Thrones universe. Mm. I was walking uh, on my way to a to a pub with some compatriots. Is it so? Uh, it felt a little bit D and D. Yeah, but it was modern times. Oh, except it was a Game of Thrones. Was I there? But it wasn't me. <laughs> it was a Game of Thrones environment. It uh-huh. was just it was just modern. And I walked past this uh, this sort of corral. It was like one of those country lanes where. The road turns and there's a there's a farm in front of you and it's got horses behind a behind a, a rustic wooden fence. Mm. Except the horses were horse sized, <laughs> but they were anteaters. <laughs> oh no, thank you. But, okay, and now I'm gonna ask you the question I always ask. How did that make you feel? Well, wait a minute. They were ferocious like wolves, Ugh. but they moved like horses, and when they went to the bathroom. They put their they put their butts over the fence and peed on the road. My cat used to do that. Yeah, so they kept their corral clean. Oh, smart! And that's when I realized they could talk in human language. <laughs> but did they, they looked like anteaters. You? you knew they could they talk. Did. But did they talk to you? Okay, they a little just just you know what? And the one the one with, the with leader, their mouth with their mouth the, they the, talk to you. Yeah, their little mouth, but it had it had sharp teeth. But yeah, the yeah. leader. Talk to me, but he said something in a British accent, like uh, to denote that he was fancy. 
What's all and this I, thing? I think he might have had a top hello, hat on. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> he might have had a top hat on. And he did. He said something dismissive like, you know, carry on or something like that. <laughs> one, of those, one of those Britishisms where it sounds like it's civil, but it's really mean. Yeah, exactly. Just some you, sort of you like, would do. I feel that uh, like you would do so much better outside with my pen <laughs> where I make bathroom. But we were just walking on our way to the pub. And then I distinctly remember sitting in the pub with a with a with like a horn of, of a non-alcoholic ale. Yeah, yeah. And saying like, to, like Brianna of Tarth is trying to get you back to your mom. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Except everywhere she goes, mm-hmm. Littlefinger is like, I see before Baba, I like you were uh, at Joffrey's wedding. Mm-hmm. And teachers are a ladder. And uh, and I said to the person, I think Gen, uh, I think um, I think uh, Gen Z is really good with money. Ah, oh. I think Gen Z is really good with money. Huh. And I remember That's it wasn't so just that I said it; it was that I was thinking it. I remember thinking it. In my dream think, yeah, yeah, that I had a lot of evidence to back up this conclusion that I thought that they were pretty savvy, Gen Z as a whole, pretty mm-hmm. savvy, really underrated generation, <laughs> pretty savvy with the mon- with the moolah, with the cash, with yeah. like uh, making good investments. They were going to be good with money, and then uh, and that's all I remember. <laughs> they they save for retirement. <laughs> They do, right? Yeah. They're starting now. They're starting at a young age. They're investing in Ethereum. Do you have a general? I mean, like again, as you'll see when I when I share one of mine, I think mm-hmm. I think the thing that makes dreams so ineffable and ultimately so in, so sort of annoying to tell to other people, what, the joke, right? The joke is like, the thing we all hate is you were there, but it wasn't you. It was my house. Yeah. It was my house. The thing when you talk to somebody about a dream and you find it interesting, I think you need to focus not on oh. How could an anteater be that big? Or well, how did learn English? It's more like oh, I'm, I'm not trying to be your therapist, but like I'm very interested in how it felt. Mm. Because what's interesting to me in dreams is like something like that. You just experienced something very odd and upsetting in day to day life. But maybe oftentimes things that seem scary in the dream aren't scary. And then right. things that you know, and that that feeling. Did you have a general feeling how, when you woke up and didn't want to get out of bed? How how were you thinking about the dream? How, how uh, a phrase I've, I've I've grown fond of. How do you integrate that dream into your story? Well, I feel like when I first when I first apprehended the uh, the ant eater wolf hybrid horse <laughs> creatures, <laughs> based on the way they were moving, they were kind of moving like a cross between a horse and a hyena. Like they had their they were like a little bit on a haunch. Oh, they're a little bit. They're skeptical. Well, but they were kind of cra- their lower lower end was lower than their upper end, you know, kind of like a kind of like a, a like a zool, like a gatekeeper or oh, a keymaster, you know, I a little bit. Which, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and I was intimidated, you know, I was scared because it didn't seem like this horse pen was enough to keep them penned. Yeah, sure. But then when I saw how they relieved themselves in such a in such a uh, polite manner. You know, like uh, like they relieved themselves outside of their corral. That seemed that reassured me. It made me feel like, oh, these are these are not these are creatures that can be reasoned with. That's such an important theme for you, John. If I could it say, it's it's you, you've talked so lucidly about how mm-hmm. important it is to have an understanding, a, a, hopefully a detente. But mm-hmm. failing at a detente, you say you say you know, crow, I see you, or you eyeball. The uh, the possum, and and you say, look, 
you know, this, we've made a deal. You've, you've dealt with this with all kinds of things in your house, John, excluding the guy who stole your iPad and your, and your ingot. But, but like you, you say to them, look, we need to, we need to live together. Mm-hmm. I don't want to smash you, Aunt, but we need to make a deal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now that now that I'm now that I'm unpacking this, yeah, I I realize that when when the when the anteater hyena wolf horse spoke to me somewhat in a in a uh, toodle on now sort of British accent <laughs> with a top hat, yes, and a monocle, I felt reassured by that because again, I felt like that's oh, severe. that's a civil animal. It is. If I need to talk to these creatures, if they bust out, if they are on the war path, if they're threatening to tear me limb from limb, if I need to talk to them, I can. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like when I was in the pub, the whole, all the, the all the business of saying, I feel like Generation Z is really good with money. I think all of my supporting evidence was more evidence that I was hoping that I could reason with Generation Z. <gasps> That that they were a reasonable. You admire their ability to shit outside their pen. Yes, that they they might be a generation that I feel like we can reason with. That I Mm -hmm. feel like you know has sensible because I feel like if you're good with money, yeah, then you're you're on your path to being sensible. You're on your path to being like that's a tough money is a tough one, John. It is. I think it's a good marker. This is not always true. It's if somebody's good with money, like good with money. I'm not talking about just like you know being an embezzler or something. I'm saying if you're good with money, you, you might have good character. Well, okay. So, so, and and now if I'm going to examine it, I, I feel like that, that all of my, all of my anxieties, all of my, my, mm. uh, my uh, fears and my complications in life right now are all, I trace it all back to situations where I feel like I'm dealing with unreasonable people who can't, agree on baseline people who are immune to i i mean it's my own words people who are immune to both empathy and reason yeah right right where where you're like okay so well, many people we run into where it's like man can't you think like uh, like look at the guy on twitter like empathy and reason right like can't you put yourself in a position where you can imagine what it's like to be somebody who's not you and see how this could be a different experience than you're having Thank you. Yes. And, you know, I think for years, we, for the last several years, we've, we've directed a lot of that energy, you know, toward understanding the situations of people that have, that have very different non-mainstream situations in life, right? That they're, that they're not your typical sexuality. They're not your typical, uh, uh, gender identification they're not your average white guy they're you know we're, we we've been extending that empathy outward uh from mainstream middle america monoculture yeah and trying to include everybody but comparison you know, is the death of joy john as soon as you start mm, i really super believe that when mm-hmm. you when you start like a lot of a lot of well, my own like bumps with understanding other generations is like you know what's wrong with them don't they understand you got to listen to albums and you got to do it this way and like there's <laughs> Just all that, all that bad faith, like, you know, all the way down to like, we have to sit down and eat dinner together. Do we have to sit down and eat dinner together because that was important in your family? Or are we doing that because it wasn't important in your family? Um, we, we can't have these conversations right, with people. Interesting. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we all want to be the parent we thought we should have. Yeah, oh, sure. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to be a fan of Little Feet. 
but I never got. I it never doesn't fu- take. It never takes. I never fully understood the story of Little Feet and the one guy that died, and I was like, I, I should some at some point I should really dig into the recorded work of Little Feet. And understand it well enough to know whether I'm a fan or did not. Did it feel and like did just, it feel like it was part of a canon that, that like you like yeah. name drop? Like for example, a good one is the mm. Meters. The, the Meters, Meters are a, are a band that music fans have heard about but may not be super familiar with, apart from some songs of theirs that you know got sampled huh. and got famous. But somebody like Pete Buck comes along and says, "Hey, you really need to check out the Meters," right. and you make a mental note, right? There's yeah, things right. like that. Maybe at one time for somebody like me, that could be the Velvet Underground. Like, oh, I know that Sweet Jane song, but like, and not to make it all about music, but no, isn't no. it partly about like you're not really a, you may not be a fully formed person, or you may not be you if you meet Pete Buck again. He played mm-hmm. on one of your records, if memory serves. He did. I, I used to see him all the time before I moved to Portland to be with this new lady. Oh, interesting. I, yeah. Him in Portland. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, sh- is Little Feet something I should explore? Well, no, this is the thing. You remember, uh, uh, for many years, I was very hippie adjacent. And, yes. You know, I was caught in that world between hippie oh, and punk. Oh, you were so many hippie adjacent. You, uh, you went to Ibiza? When you were in Ibiza? Uh, I, never, I never went to Ibiza. Did you go to Ibiza? Did, did you no. go to some kind of uh, uh, rave, rave yeah, on a beach there? rave on a beach, but that was, that was down in uh, Algeciras. Huh. But but yeah, I see what you're saying. But oh, you've no, been went, to you you had your Grateful Dead period. I went to the Grateful Dead. I, I went to Rainbow Gatherings a few Whoa, times. Oh wow! I know, I know. Tell tell you what, but I, I but never, a lot of STDs got passed around there. <laughs> I actually broke. I I fucked up my knee at a Grateful Dead concert. Typical. That, I still I still suffer from it every day. That's why that little but, bear's dancing like that. But that's the thing. I was I'm never in your hair right now. Go away, <laughs> little bear. Ow, ow, I was ow. never actually a hippie, just like I was never actually punk. I never oh, was all yeah. the way anywhere. I was always in between. There was always a guy over here that was talking I about know, the Velvet uh, Underground, and then a I guy know. over here that was talking about Little Feet. You but don't realize to get older that you, you've had, uh, you've had, uh, um, uh, who's the kid? Who's the kid from uh, Catcher in the Rye? You've had Holden yeah, Caulfield Holden syndrome. Caulfield syndrome. Yeah, right. <laughs> Walking oh. through the Rye. <laughs> HDS. Well, and so, so, uh, so Little Feet was one of those where it was like I decided, I determined that I that I had heard enough Almond Brothers, and I didn't need. It was not like I needed to dig into the Almond Brothers any further than just hearing the hits, and even the hits probably didn't. That was fine. I like that right? song, Melissa. Yeah, it's a nice song, and the Doobie mm. Brothers. Like I got, oh, I, yeah, I got yeah, everything yeah. I needed there. But, oh, I'm writing all this down, John. This is good. But but, uh, but 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 then Little Feet was like the connoisseurs. It was it was it was presented to me as the as what as the Steely Dan of hippie jam music. Oh, so like sometimes you say like like something I like to say like my band in Tallahassee was not popular, but I would like to think of us as a band's band. Yeah, it's nice band's to be band. a, it's nice to be a band's band where normal people don't like us, but our friends do, and like maybe maybe we've had some kind of an impact on somebody who had an impact on somebody else. It's like you know like Brian Eno said. There you, there you go. That's right. Yeah. It's turtles all the way down. It's a little, but I don't know if it's little feet all the way down. I feel like little feet is what the band kind of was. I, that's not, what I, my, my, that's the know? analog in my head. In my head, yeah. I'm thinking I just recently had a big um, a uh, one Zevon. You know, like oh a, yeah, a like right in there from that singer songwriter era. Well, I went through. You know, uh, I have an un- unpopular opinion. It's not a strongly held opinion, but Mike Nesmith is my favorite member of the Monkees. Okay. And I, I go through periods sometimes where I listen to a lot of the monkeys, the good stuff. Right. Now, I mean, there's a, there's a handful of like extremely good hits that they had. But you talk about um, 
Uh, maybe not Shades of Grey, but a Magnesmus song. It's like, you know, those, those, those songs. Yeah, sure. I think of him, you know, because he kind of, he kind of, if you had to pick one person who kind of invented country rock, I think he's got to be kind of in that pantheon. But yeah, I, I think of that, that, like, you get, what, if you got your Flying Burrito Brothers, you got your Birds, you got all that stuff, all the way up through, let's just say it, the Eagles. That stuff becomes very instrumental in understanding why a bunch of bands sound the way they do. Little exactly. Feet, I I don't know, I don't know fuck all about Little Feet. Well, I know more I, about Pure I Prairie either. League. I, <laughs> I don't either, and I feel like <clears throat> I feel like uh, Little Feet is like I didn't get into John Prine enough either. And everybody, I know all, it's too late now. John Prine, it's I too know. late. I can't go. I even had a couple of John Prine records. I never put them on because I was too busy listening to ZZ Top. Yeah. But so anyway, so I I just I feel like. <sighs> I good like for Gen, you know, good for Gen Z. If you can be good with money, that that that's you know, it's better than being bad with money. Let me just say that. I just feel like this whole I, we can't even agree on a baseline for discussion thing ah! is no longer an issue that is only affecting certain groups of people, certain segments of the population. It's now come. It's now coming full. It's like the wave went out. It hit the beach. It's coming full back, and it's rippling across the pond, and. If you can't agree on on like and we we hear all the time this word civility oh can't we just and I don't even know what that word means anymore it but, means it means act like you've never harmed me on purpose <laughs> but, but <laughs> that's what but it means when people like Sarah Huckabee Sanders would up get up there and talk about oh don't make fun of my smoky eye and stuff like that every time somebody says oh you know both sides blah 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 and it's mm. like well but the thing is you not only have historically benefited from treating me like shit but now you're doing it on purpose you didn't even accidentally have slave labor now you're you're being a real dick on purpose for some reason that, that you think is and, and now maybe I'm now see now I'm doing it right I, yes. I'm am I avoiding the baseline John? I don't know. I don't even know. The How do you know anymore? The only thing is that anybody, any living person who walks out the door and wants to engage anybody else, the first thing you try to establish is, are we, do we have a baseline? And a lot of times with people like us, you and me, we, we start with humor, right? You, you, you start with humor, right? And humor establishes, does this person have a sense of humor? Are they going to laugh at my very simple joke? And if they do, then you make a slightly more complicated joke. And sometimes that's how you find your yes. people, because then you make a really but weird insight. But then spending five thing. years tweeting, tweeting two screenshots to show that someone's being hypocritical, I'm not sure that that's really helping. Well, and that's the thing. That was what was so beautiful about the internet at first. You throw your weird thing out there, people respond, and you knew that anybody that that replied by by restating your joke, and especially anybody that replied taking your joke seriously or missing it, yes. you're just like, nope. And then the people that were like replied with a joke that was that amplified your joke or was better or was just in it was but people in the joke. who don't people who don't read the room and don't get what the bid is and then try to p- pivot to a, a, an old meme or something and it's like yeah you know i work really hard to not put a hat on a hat i work really I, hard to make that happen somebody had a great tweet one time i can't find it right now because i'm recording a podcast but yeah, one, sure. one of the great tweets of all time was somebody who said you know something along and they said it better but off the dome uh, the point was that on Twitter, like everything that you say in jest gets taken as the most serious thing in the world. And everything you say as the most serious thing in the world gets taken as a joke. 
But, you know, that had to have started in 2015 or something. Because in the early yes. days, don't you remember everything we said was a joke? And it was all meant as a joke. Yeah. And it was how well, we it was met, a, it was a way we of, met our friends. It's a way, I mean, like, uh, you know, a way of, uh, these are things I think about. It's a yeah, tribal a tribal form of bonding. It like, was. what you can joke about with your pals on a Slack who get who you are and why it's funny that you said that. Yeah. Let's go back to being dad, to be honest. Yeah, like, anybody who knows you would know that that was a... It's like, uh, God, you pe- fucking people. And it's, it's so frustrating that, like, you know, but to get at the people, to, to, to get my humor joke out to people who will get it, and the fact that I'm, I'm so good at almost putting a hat on a hat, I think yeah. it's my gift. No, it is. Truly. Hopefully I don't do it too much, but when I do put a hat on a hat, I know it. And there's, like, four hats, and it's hats all the way down. But, like, then somebody else is going to come in and go, well, you know, you're mo- suddenly you're Maude Flanders, and won't somebody mm-hmm. think of the children? I don't know about the baseline, I, I, man. That's fucking rough. Well, that's the thing about the. I, so at, at when everybody was when everybody was decrying the death of Twitter the other day. Yeah. Oh, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Signing each other's yearbooks. Like, yeah. Yeah, and 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 somebody said <clears throat> somebody on a on a on a Facebook page, some somebody in one of our groups said, "Oh, a lot of people are referencing Bean Dad in uh, the context of what they are going to miss most about Twitter." Yeah. And I sat there and I said, I get that, but only because I well, get I was that. Like, don't go look. Don't go look. Don't go look. Don't no. go look. And then no. I never, went never looked. Google. Never. Google. Then I went and looked. Oh, and Jesus, John. A lot of people and a lot of young people were just celebrating it like it was like it was a meme, like pizza wrap. Like it was the day that all the llamas escaped or whatever. Yeah, like one of those with the dress and stuff like that. Wasn't like that a great three day period when everybody in the world agreed that this one guy was, you know, like remember the the mom that couldn't eat her fajitas without cheese? Like, oh, it's just this, you know, this. It's a big that difference a between day. the lady in the car with the Chewbacca mask and then like somewhat deliberately trying to ruin your whole career by tying it to something. But again, it was a it was a thing that that was out there. It was the first time in history that all four trending topics were one thing. It was just a it was a banner day. Yep. And then and you know what? Uh, during the whole thing, when the when the racist tweets came out and were screenshotted by somebody, I th- at that point I was off the I was off the internet and I never looked at it. I never looked at the screenshot of the racist tweets right. because I just didn't want to. Because they're all like fucking AJ Weberman going through your trash. You know, going I, through Dylan's trash. I son, I went and looked at it, and so many of them are like so outrageous. I, there's there's a tweet where I'm like, listen, we need to uh, create a white homeland in the in the north where we separate all the people according to their, you know, the put the Browns to work digging trenches or whatever. Just the most outrageous thing that you couldn't possibly square, especially was, if they knew you. Well, even if you didn't, right? Even if yeah. you didn't, at any how could you prior, read it any other way than being a bit? Exactly, in any prior universe, the, you, you, all you have to do is count the count it on your thumb, right? This guy is an indie rocker who's friends with Hodgman and Merlin and Amy Mann and Ken Jennings, and mm-hmm. we found this tweet. Is it a joke or not? And why haven't you spoken out against him? Right? Is it? A, is it? It's yes, of course. It's it's a. It's an, it is satire. It's outrageous, right? And so actually going and reading it, reading the, the, the little screenshot of racist tweets, I was actually relieved because I was kind of afraid that I was on there saying like, God, the Mexicans that are working on my yard can't get their shit straight. And it, and, and it was not. It was all satire. It was all 
it was all just just bonkers satire yes and and then you know satire satire like, that's what it is a, yeah, hey guess what you guys jonathan swift just so you all know didn't actually think that irish babies should be eaten <laughs> and calling it and calling it, it a, a modest a modest proposal one of the great one of the low key fucking great titles for anything ever and yes maybe i'm cherry picking it's one of the great pieces of satire ever written Please look at it if you haven't seen it recently. Uh, you know, it's like you, then there would be like, today there would be all these campaigns for what thirty six hours about about what we can do to save the Irish babies. It's all that white knighting people do. We grew up in a world where satire was a thing. If you put all of those tweets in George Carlin's mouth, everybody would laugh uproariously. That's what everybody says. Oh, George Carlin, so yeah, good George Carlin, or whatever. If you put him in Mel Brooks's mouth, if you put him in anybody's mouth, even yes. my mouth. In any other time, even though Mel Brooks had, had had a Nazi in the producers, he actually was not a huge fan of not Nazis. Nazi. Not a lot of people know that. The thing, the reason that nobody called me out for those tweets is when they went out, everybody knew what they were, and I'm sure Absol they laughed at them. And and then, is there any way? I mean, uh, the if, if you had to pick a, oh God, I'm complaining about Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's context free. There's no context. And here's the thing with my jokes like such as they are like the whole point is there's no context the whole point is like in my case i am narrow casting i'm nano casting oh you're so you're, you're really da da a lot of the time well they are but to the people who get it i know i know i want there to be at least one and ideally three levels to the tweet i would yeah. like it to be something where you could say that's funny but then if you knew a little bit more you'd know that oh and then that last line was in the voice of a character from that thing that i'm making fun of and that would make it funnier Sometimes when I read your tweets, all I can do, all I do is, is picture Scott Simpson sitting in a Chinese restaurant uh, chuckling to himself. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell that, I don't know what that's about. But somewhere Scott Simpson sitting, uh, has grown a big mustache and he's sitting in a Chinese restaurant laughing. I, was, I like to imagine my, 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 my wonderful friend, I almost said my late friend, friend, great friend of mine who I used to do stuff, lived with, did projects with, was in his plays and stuff like that. My friend, Anthony Belante, one of the greats. And, and Tony did this thing that I'll know. Uh, lots of people have done this, but Tony's the one I always think of, where I'd say something that I regarded as very funny, and Tony would go, hmm, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <coughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash friends. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience and sell anything, your products, your services, and even the content that you create because guess what, guys? Squarespace has got you covered. So many great things. Uh, you know that you can sell products in an online store. This used to be a whole thing, trying to do this on your own. Well, you know, whether you're selling physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. And, and like we mentioned, the templates, so beautiful. You're going to get started with a best-in-class website template, and then you customize it to fit your own needs. It's as easy as browsing the category of your business to find a perfect starting place. And then you customize it, and you make it your own with just a few clicks, a few drags, and uh, you got a beautiful website. You know, uh, it used to be uh, trying to do search engine optimization required a whole bunch of add-ons. Well, not anymore, because with Squarespace, you can use the suite of integrated features, uh, SEO guides, things that will help you to maximize your prominence among search results. And of course, let's not forget that Squarespace also has powerful blogging tools so you can share stories, photos, videos, and updates. 
You'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. Uh, you're using Squarespace right now. I feel I feel like I should tell you because Roderick on the Line, the podcast that you're enjoying right now, is and always has been hosted on Squarespace, and uh, they've been really good to us. It's where I put some of my personal sites, professional sites, and it's maybe most importantly the site, the service that I recommend to people who need a home on the web. You got to check it out. So go check it out. You go to squarespace.com/supertrain. You can get a free trial with no credit card required. When you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code SUPERTRAIN because that's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain, squarespace.com slash supertrain. Use that code SUPERTRAIN for 10% off. Uh, it'll save you some money and it'll show your support for Roderick on the line. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. Thank you. That's, can, I, can I read you a dream? <laughs> I, I, I want to hear. I want to hear your dream. I just. I just want to say that. Yes. I, oh, I, I'm sorry. Did I stop you? I just. I. This, I, I. I. The thing is, now I am actually. I'll, I'll, I'm. I'm telling you this off air. You can't. Nobody can hear this. I'm actually pretty super into the idea of me recording a bunch <sighs> of my dreams and reading them. But you know what I'm even more into is you mm. know that that robot voice that I use to make the Patreon ads. Yes. I'm kind of even more into the robot voice reading my dreams. Reading your dreams. I just feel like we need to then unpack them I think oh i would, would be, be happy to i think that would be a great uh, that would be a great bonus good content. fucking luck man yeah um okay back on um <laughs> i'm kidding oh right uh, leave that in <laughs> okay okay john i just cut out all the racist <laughs> stuff no, no 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 take the <laughs> take the back on out take the back because we don't want it yeah um no i don't want to I, I i just i was on i'm not i shouldn't be on twitter i'm not on twitter but oh, I, boy but, but you sent somebody, me brisket you sent me brisket and i loved I it but somebody sent uh, somebody said a tweet. I don't know what it was. It was about something. And then I went and I read the comments under their tweet, and there were 400 people that took the time to tweet back at the tweet author something along the lines of, uh, "Yes, you're right," or "No, you're wrong." And, and oh, as I was scrolling much. through. Thank you so much for that. I'll sleep better tonight. Thank you. Yeah. What I started to think was like, have I ever uh, 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 replied to someone's tweet and said, no, you're wrong? No, I don't think I ever have. In, well, if in, you're going to do it, do it in years. a funny way that funny only way. that you, you craft just for them. Yeah. It's they a, would it's get it. Yes, exactly. That they would get it. And that's, that's a different kind of thing. You but know? it's an engagement. It's a style of engagement. And like, you're playing yes, you're along. Right. No, you're right. Playing There's along. 500 people who, to, who are on Twitter <clears throat> with the idea that it matters that they either endorse or refute all these things that are coming across their their, uh, their I, bow, I, pra their I praised I praised the TV show The Mandalorian last night. I'm not dragging anybody. I was praising the TV show Mandalorian, which I'm rewatching because yeah. I, I think it's really important that how much strength that show draws from the fact that each episode of it is like an actual chapter yeah, as against movie. so many things where, Oh, this is just another puzzle piece in, in a 10 episode arc. Like each one is a story and the yeah. person understands, goes, Oh, you must be watching episode one because I, with the implication now I don't hate that, but right. I, I, I swear back to the first time I said, yes, I am rewatching season one, you know, it, it, but like, but the people who come along and are just like, meh, Mm. You know, yeah. it just seems like it just seems like it's a basically a cross section of people who are at, angry at, at the DMV. Well, and so I'm get so I'm still in. Remember those disputes that mm. we talked about nine months ago that I was having 
that were actual physical disputes in my in with that involved my physical body in my neighborhood. Remember some of those disputes? I'm not sure what you're referring to. Well, with my neighbor. Oh, oh, the neighbor things, yes. And dealing with the 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 property line and, and those are still ongoing. They have not ended. They 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 ebb and flow, they escalate, they de-escalate, they're they're threats. But they they don't are, go they don't just go away. Nothing's gone away. It is still it has been a constant presence in my life, daily presence in my life since uh, since February of last year. Where I am under, I'm 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 paying a ton of money to have a team of people keep a team of people <laughs> that are working for somebody else from sending me a registered letter, and Ugh. it involves all this stuff. And I and I, when I talked about it earlier, some uh, some uh, lawyer listeners of our show wrote me and said, "Don't talk about it on the on the internet. You know, don't put it out there. It's part mm. of a legal case. You know, you can't discuss it." But what the but the issue for me is that there is no baseline. There is no agreed upon reality. And I don't mean reality like in terms of lines drawn across a map, although that too, but a baseline reality of what is of what honor is. You know, a baseline reality of like how do you treat somebody who lives next door to you? Yeah. And and that to wake up every morning in a state of like uh, of being, it's not even gaslit because I truly believe that they believe what they believe, but it's a, it's like, do, did no one ever teach you how to be, how to have empathy, how to be good to somebody else, how to, how to have respect? Or, you know, one, one that's become huge for me, um, is, um, is, is there a chance that this, is there a chance that this rift or like my side of this rift or this, you know, this is not true for, this is not necessarily just true for what you're saying here, but in general for me, I like to say, is there a chance that this is really all about my shit and not yeah. so much about their shit? And yeah, I wish yeah. more people would do that, which is I like, just, do I really need to put my shit? And that can be anything that, that, that could be legitimate trauma from your life. It could be that, you know, you, uh, you know, your God, God forbid your, you know, your great grandparents died in a camp or something. There's reasons people are how they are, but on the other hand, don't, don't always feel the need to put your shit in other people's shit, especially if it's not, if you're not reading the room and understanding what, where it belongs and God, for somebody like a neighbor, like you can't, it's so difficult to go like, look, can we, can we all just get along? Well, and, and I, I do that so much that like, is this just my shit? And, and I always, I do it for two reasons. One, because I just natively think everything's my fault, but also because the last 10 years I've just gotten a, gotten lesson after lesson after lesson of like, wait a minute, go back over this again. Like, make sure that you're not the asshole here. And I've found enough times that I was the asshole that I've, that now I'm very cautious. I, I don't send emails in the middle of the night anymore. I don't, I try not to leave long comments on things. Where I'm like, you know, let me straighten everybody out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but, but also, like, and I, and I'm trying not to flame people on text in, in the middle of the night when, when they've sent Good something. You, man. Because, oh, it's really hard, you know. But, I, but, like, I've been wrong. I've been wrong, and and so, I, but I look at the one neighbor, the one that is not currently suing me, and you know, and I'm like, <laughs> you shouldn't talk about this, John. It's a legal I know, case. No, no. But I look at her, and and I and I'm like, oh, you know, what did I make a big stink up about nothing like this? You know, this this wall is falling and it's not that big of a deal. And then I'm, 
then I'm raking some dirt and I pull up a, a garbage bag full of dirty diapers. And I'm like, well, no, there's mm-hmm. no reality. Her son has a drug problem, John. He, yes, I know. And, uh, but there's no reality in which that would be cool, right? There, there's no, uh, it's not my fault that I'm upset that someone ever threw a dirty, a, a garbage bag full of dirty <laughs> linen over the fence. Who does that? And so, 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 but then I sit here and I'm like, but when I confront her about it, she acts like I'm being, uh, like, uh, outrageous. You've crossed a line. Like, how dare you? Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't, you know, like her contention is, oh, kids used to play in the ravine. And I'm like, kids used to play in the ravine and put a bunch of dirty linen in a garbage bag and throw it 15 feet from your fence? It seems oh, unlikely. Yeah. It seems unlikely. And yeah, it's that, it's that classic British game, nappy bag. Nappy bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're throwing nappies around in the backyard and Oy. it accidentally goes over the fence. Oh, <laughs> So anyway, I feel like the Wolverine horse wolf uh, <laughs> uh, 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 anteater uh, hyena maybe is a, is like a thing like a, like a thing in my in my emotions where it's like every day i'm walking along a lane in a modern day game of thrones universe yeah. and i come upon a corral full of things that terrify me I'm and so then glad you talked about this here this right? is that's good and it sounds like it's helping you yeah and then you come around the corner and they speak in a british accent or wearing a top hat and you're like oh thank you i can communicate oh, with you i'm the I can, asshole yeah and i'm and i'm hoping I'm always hoping that that I'll sit down in a bar and I'll be like, actually, Gen Z is really good with money, and then and then it's like, <laughs> well, I have a conversation. I can start. We can mm-hmm. talk about we can talk about Thorstein Veblen then. Yes, and and we both agree that we're not going to start with like a racist letter he sent to his grandmother. Oh boy, we're going to start with you know, the principles of whatever Veblenism is. Okay. Can I introduce a thought technology at this point, John, that's become... I want to hear you read your dream, but yes, I want to hear your thought technology. Well, which is, which, let's do, let's hear your thought technology first. Um, this is, this is going to be a classic Merlin because it it sounds so stupid, but I hope you see the part of this that's really smart. Okay. Um, this is a big thought technology, John, but I I want you to think about it. Okay. Okay. I'm looking Um, for the, the part that's really smart. Everything is not everything. By which I mean, and it's a clever way of putting, and I've gotten in trouble in the past with being clever with names. See also Inbox Zero. Everything is not everything. And what do I mean by that? Well, I'm using, I'm doing a Greek, it's probably, there's probably a Greek trope name for what I'm doing here. Everything, the first everything is not everything in the world has to be connected with everything in the world. This came up recently in a conversation I had with Syracuse about Twitter and talking about, like, it's so difficult to talk about, let's just even say restrict the conversation they're just talking about Twitter. Because as soon as you start talking about Twitter today, and you're talking about Elon Musk today, like, you're going to get, it's, you're going to God, Godwin that so fast. You get to Nazis, you get to this, you get to that. And to me, the constant, the thought technology behind everything is not everything is... You must find a way – well, okay, first of all, Twitter in part, Twitter and the internet in general, Twitter in particular, has has very heavily led to the idea that everything is everything. Everything is everything. You can't talk about one aspect of something without talking about – Everything. Everything about that aspect, let alone speculating about how it's probably related to everything else. I don't, I don't go too far in this, but I want you to think on it because it's become important for me because I, at least, let's, here's, a good, here's a good starter project for everything. 
is not everything, is that you start noticing all the times that it was very difficult in a conversation. Maybe so let's start with Twitter. Start noticing without having to say anything about it. Start noticing all the times that it was difficult for somebody to talk about one aspect of something without somebody else trying to turn the conversation into uh, talking about everything. Everything. And, and, I, and the re- I think that applies to so I, I If I'm not putting it well, I apologize. But I think it applies to a lot of things because if everything is everything, then everything is kind of nothing. And right. everything is maybe, it may not be everything, but like, can I just, can we just talk about what it means for the engineers to not be there to keep the site up? Can we talk about that aspect? Can we, I understand that Tesla catch, cars catch on fire and kill people and all of that stuff. But like, you know, I, 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 here's one. Yesterday, uh, bad on me, I was watching Hannah and Her Sisters, which I think is an extremely good movie. And I was for, I'd forgotten what a fucking lit cast is in Hannah and Her Sisters. You get, like, Carrie Fisher two years after Return of the Jedi. Of course, you've got Michael Caine. You've got Marge Simpson's voice. You've got a very young John Turturro. You've got this crazy cast, and it's such a good... It really is a very good movie. It's a very Woody Allen movie. Never in a million years would I, would I want to say something about how, wow, uh, you know, Hannah and Her Sisters is a really good movie with a stacked cast. Because mm-hmm. now I'm basically... Because everything is everything, I am now supporting every, every child predator who has right. ever done anything. I, I'm representing, and I'm representing all the times that I never spoke out against Roman Polanski or right. whatever. You like <laughs> Chinatown? You piece of shit. And, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have a strong opinion about whether or not I should like Chinatown, and I understand why, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff about Roman Polanski, but, like, you know, one but of Chinatown, the tenets... Chinatown, Merlin. Oh, I should forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> Let's do, oh, Syracuse is going to hate that. We so close, but just, just forget, I, about, I, forget I, about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it, Jackie. Time. Forget about it. <laughs> you know, um, he actually did cut Jack Nicholson's nose, and that's why he had to wear that mess, that bandage. Oh, oh no, kidding! I just want to toss that out because, um, and I, we, we we can return to it if it becomes interesting to you. But I want to just toss that out that I think that is a very, 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 very general pattern that is important for people to look at is that how often are you taking something that's one aspect and unnecessarily making it about other aspects? Yeah. That's a tenet of liberal arts that I think we all need to really look into. There are times where we come along and say, oh, uh, the phrase we used in literature was genetic criticism. Yeah, you ever hear that phrase when you're going genetic through Genetic criticism. Yeah, and that's when you, you, you um, I mean, I think one way to look at that is like, okay, you look at uh, the bell jar and, you know, when you talk about the bell jar, you got to think about a lot of things with Sylvia Plath. You got to think about Ted Hughes. You got to, you know, you yeah, got to yeah, think yeah, about. Right. But like, you know, just because I mentioned something about the bell jar doesn't mean that it has to include a conversation about the Iron Giant, which was originally written by Ted Hughes, who lived, oh. who was married. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pete Townsend mm-hmm. was involved oh, with it. Oh, 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 yeah, sure. oh, what are you doing? Everything's no, everything. Was- everything. <laughs> oh, wow, look out. Everything's everything. Uh, I'm just tossing that out there, and, I, and part of it is, yeah, I'm bitching, but part of it is also it's just part of my fucking journey to stop thinking everything is everything. And, and boy, there's a million, uh, not a million. Yeah, I'm not going to exaggerate. Um, you know, I invented hyperbole. Um, oh yeah, the, yeah, I did, and sarcasm. But did the, you call it hyperbole? <laughs> That's a, hyper, hyper, actually, actually, it's actually it's gif and hyperbole. <laughs> All right, never mind. I'll read you. No, I'm, uh, go ahead. I, I respond. Wanna, I, respond, John. Oh, do you understand? Okay, okay, do you understand okay. the general thought technology? Of course you do, I'm, John Roderick. And not I, everything is everything. Stop it. 
Well, and the, the, the problem, the problem for me, and it's always been since, I don't know when, I don't know when the first time somebody said, okay, boomer to me, actually I do, but I don't remember the date. And I don't remember the first time somebody accused me of being of both sidesing a thing. But mm. when you don't say, do that, John, you're not supposed to do that. Remember, I know. And that. when you say something, stop thinking. I was I was raised at at a, at a dinner table full of lawyers, and you and I and I was on debate team in 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 high school where they where the whole idea is okay, you're going to take one side of this premise and you're going to debate it. And we're going to judge you based on how well you debated and, it. And, and, import, and importantly, is you don't need to believe it. You whether you sell believe it, you it or not is it. irrelevant. That's right. Even you didn't get to pick is, your side. You got to sell it. Side. Even if you find the idea abhorrent, you debate it until you you, you, you make the best case you can. You try and to win. That is, that is the whole idea behind debate in high school and college. And that was the whole premise of the dinner table where I sat. It was like, take a side and then we're going to sit here and and argue it because we're all lawyers or should have been lawyers if they had had any sense because you could be you can do anything with a law degree oh clause clause lawyers yeah you can do anything and so that so to have both sides suddenly become like this thing where you are arguing if you both <laughs> side something, it means that you uh, are arguing yes. the most untenable side because that's truly what you believe or whatever it is. You know, like there's what there's a right way of thinking and then there's everything else and you can't do anything but but think the right way or you are essentially advocating. You're counter-revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And and that that cuts me to the core. It really yeah. it really takes away. The bad faith. The bad faith, John. It's, it takes away 70% of what my mind is doing all day. Which is like, well, hmm, let's see. Does that person have a point? Well, hmm, on this grounds, you know, that's what my head is doing. And I want to share it. I want to share it with the world. I want to not even share it. You want to, you want to, you want to like pass it around and talk about it the way we used to do. Have you heard this crazy thing? What do you think of that? I want to walk into a room without feeling like I got to put a cloak over the golden Ann because I, I got it from Stan and I, and, and, no. and, and I've got to give it to the man. Mm. I don't want to do that. I want to have the no. golden Ann right in the middle of my chest and be like, ah, da, da, I'm wearing the yeah. golden Ann. You try on thoughts like ideas. That's one of your, uh, I feel it's not one of your original thought technologies, but it's one of the enduring thought technologies you shared in the early days of the show, trying on ideas like a jacket. I think it's something like a sport coat. That's the way you put it. And I I think that is a very valuable thing to do. And once you do get into and I didn't really finish the thought on genetic criticism, I, the way I was, it was taught to me was like talking about, on the one hand, like what we know about the author, the author of this and how they are and who they are, but then getting deeper into like which the genetic criticism of you know Woody Allen is you know obviously right. pretty fascinating. The there's a line text. there's a line about child molestation and child predators <laughs> in Hannah and her sisters, and that's the point when I actually clicked away because I felt kind of weird. <laughs> well, and I know somewhere out there in our listeners there is somebody who's rolling their eyes at us right now, like okay, boomers. You're complaining about this boomer shit, and I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know how to communicate. That's because everybody thinks everything is everything. Well, and I, the thing is, if you, how There's are you no, going to no know subtlety. if you're the no asshole? Subtlety. Yeah. How are you going to know if you're the asshole if you don't try on all the hats? Oh, how shit. are you ever going to know that you're the asshole? Which is what, which is what I have learned is the first or second thing to do after you have your initial reaction is you have your initial reaction. You go, fuck you. And then you go, okay, am I the asshole? Oh yeah. And, and 
and and you have to try on all the hats and and really try them on, not just be like nope, nope, nope. But but like no, you you, go, you have to you you can't begin by going okay. I guess I'll get wear this costume I got at Walgreens. It's more like you have to inhabit that idea with good faith. Yeah, turn it over in your head, and you will. I can almost promise. Always find an angle you did not expect. Yes. An angle to it, and it doesn't mean doesn't mean that person's right or wrong or otherwise. It just it just means that like empathy is the basis of understanding. Without understanding, there's you know without empathy, there's limited amounts of understanding we can have. Saying oh I get it that that guy, uh, some kind of thing I would say that I still say oh that guy's some kind of like maga chud. I understand why they feel that way. But it, it, you, when you try on the jacket, and to me, again, I'm always mentioning this, but that Hulu series Dope Sick that really changed my whole idea about like drug addiction and mm. the Appalachians <laughs> written large. <laughs> it's like, the, I'm glad somebody made me wear that jacket because it's made me a little bit less of an asshole. I can't just, I don't have, the, I can't just chunk or, you know, have this sorting algorithm, this heuristic where I bin people into these different areas because everything is everything. I, I gotta I gotta I gotta confess I gotta Please. confess something. Oh dear. I, I know, and it's 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 a it's a multi stage confession. Um, oh boy. Uh, 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 the so <clears throat> I've discovered, and I don't know I don't know what this means. But um, y- have you been watching the uh, the 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 daily recaps of those Russian talk shows where they get a bunch of people on there to to read scripts about how uh, huh. they should erase Ukraine? No. Is that on YouTube? Uh, well, I, you know, well, it's whatever, on Twitter. Wherever, if, wherever it is, send it to me. If you, fo- if you follow, it, there's, there's, a, there's one particular woman that watches all the Russian talk shows, and she cuts up the, and I'm, and I'm so sorry that I don't know her name because she's doing a great service to the world. She, she, she does these, um, she takes the best part of these talk shows. And it's usually a, a, a conversation in the round. There's five or six people all so like standing a, like at podiums a panel in a circle. Of people yeah. And they're spouting, spouting party line? Yeah. And then somebody says, you know, there never was a Ukraine. And then everybody nods sagely. Mm. And then they're like, so that's why we have to kidnap all the children and put them in camps or whatever. We got to bring the Germans nods. back from the Sudetenland. And so the, so this 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 woman who, who who uh, who disseminates these these supercuts of these uh, things uh, on Twitter? She's this great journalist, and she uh, speaks Russian, and so she and, and there's a translation of what's going on underneath. And I became addicted to watching these programs, and two of them are hosted by women who are uh, almost exactly my age, and you know, and they have, and one of them is the is the uh, editor in chief of uh, of. RT Russian television. Right, right, right. Um, but she also hosts this program. And then there's another woman that does it too. And I and both of them, I realize although they're although they have these uh, uh, they have these awful viewpoints, um, I realize that I find them both very attractive. Oh, that yeah, I I have I have at least half a dozen secret shames on the well, right. Well, and so then I find, I find some of the, the right wing women very attractive. Well, that's the that's the problem. So yeah. the so the the uh, the uh, the the woman well, who that's is two strikes right off the bill. <laughs> the right, woman who right, right right off the line. That's two things. Wow, you so, found her. You found her attractive. You so found wait. a woman on TV attractive, and she works at RT. So wait. So then then I realized. 
yeah. you know, one thing that these women have in common, and one of them in particular, is that they don't not resemble Sarah Palin, who oh, yeah. I then had to acknowledge that when she first arrived on the scene, particularly oh, yeah. as an Alaskan, and I and I and I saw her once in person, I I found I found her attractive, attractive and charismatic in some ways. And and then it, the worst part is that the congresswoman from Colorado who just recently got reelected, mm-hmm. who who is an absolute dingleberry, like a total ding dong. I uh, and the fact that she is a mountain state dingaling. Oh, who, you're talking about is it Bobert? Yeah, or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, she's. She's, mountain state dingling with a, and she's got a gun on her hip, and she, <clears throat> and she cute owns glasses. a restaurant called Very cute called uh, yeah called uh, whatever it is, some restaurant where the girls dance on the tables, or I don't know what it is. Mm. She's absolutely mountain state all the way, and she's a total ding dong, and all of that stuff I kind of find perversely attractive. That's me. And that's I me do- and Candace Owens. So I don't. I hate and it. I, I hate and, it so and, much. And looking at myself and going like, what is it? And so in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I know I just said I don't do this in the middle of the night, but in the no. middle of the night, one o'clock in the morning, I wrote a tweet oh dear. where I said, I for whatever reason, and I listed all the women by name, and I said, for whatever reason, I find them all attractive, and I don't know what it is, but apparently I find fascist women Oh, attractive. boy, John. That's exactly the kind of thing I wouldn't post. I am so, I I am so <laughs> sympathetic to that. So, so I posted. Oh boy. And and then right away I get a reply from a from a woman who says there's still time to take this tweet down. Mm-hmm. And I laughed because it was phrased <laughs> as a joke. It was phrased as a joke, right? I yeah. felt like that's the thing. There's still time for you well, to like take my, this down. And my my bit, I still do the old bit when somebody does a terrible pun, I respond by just my only part of my response is their first name in all caps, Matt. <laughs> I know, and the and the old one that was really good, which was like delete your account. Yes, you know, delete mm-hmm. your account. You yes. could say that. You could say that to drill, and everybody would laugh. Delete your account. You know, lol. Mm-hmm. lol. Um, and so, and it felt a little bit like delete your account. Like like uh, there's still time to take this down. And I was like, <clears throat> lol. And I left it up, but then I started to get replies, Ugh. all from friends. Friends of the show, uh, friends Have of all the Have you learned nothing, shows. John? Have you learned nothing? Well, no, and they were all—they were all very generous. They were saying, "John, take this down. Are you crazy?" Yeah. And then it cast back on the first woman that said, "There's still time to take this down." And I was like, "Oh wait, was she? She was actually concerned for me." Yeah. And then I got three or four more that were like, "John, are you nuts? Like, get off the internet. Don't put. Don't post this." And I did take it down. Yeah. Because I was like. Uh, I never oh, would have, 10 years ago, I never uh, would have done that. Uh, you know, well, 10 years ago, nobody would have said it or or whatever. I don't know. That they would have been they're one, the ones. They're the ones who would have said lol and move on. That would have been a tweet that got screenshotted during Bean Dad and like, see, he loves fascism. Oh, God. Uh, because he thinks Lauren Boebert is kind of hot because she's so dumb and oh. the dumbness is part of the hotness. And I don't John know Roderick what's wrong with John Roderick is horny for the people who killed my grandparents. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. I, why should I think that these that these dumb Colorado uh, 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 like girls, uh, lot lizards or whatever they are that ran for <laughs> Congress and are now like the most powerful people in the world, uh, uh, why am why are they foxy? I don't no. know. No, there's I'm only, there's only, one, only one way. There's only one way to read it, John. Only one uh, way. I know. I'm a fascist. You're a fascist. I'm both sides in fascism because you're fascist because, on Maine. 
I'm fascist on Maine. I, I stand fascism and I don't, you know, everything. I don't. Uh, uh. I think. But, but I took it down. I took I it down. Too. I'm look, the same way. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking about the horse wolverines, I, I don't have that to worry about. Yes. There's not There's not 400 replies going, fuck you, being dead, at least. At least. In my, in my prime on Twitter, my response. You were so, so good. Oh, well, prime. thank you so much. I, I, it was my amazing. Medium. You were the I don't, I'm not, I'm not proud of it. Except no, that I'm kind of proud of it. You yeah, should thank be you, proud thank of you, it. Thank you. Especially in the 140 days. Cause I would really sweat it. I would spend six hours a day on it. But oh, me too. Me too. I'm a writer. I write, you know, but, yeah, but, uh, but back in the day it would be, you know, okay. I'll give you an example. It's like your classic response to when people would say, I'm on the Atkins diet, and you would say, I know people have heard this, but you would say to them in a hush tone, well, you know he died, right? <laughs> and and they go, well, yeah, he died because he slipped on ice. And you're like, yeah, I don't want to end up like that. Yeah, I, know, I would exactly. do that. Where, <laughs> no, you where, were great. Where I would just lean back. When somebody would say some kind of dipshit thing about that, I would just, I would respond, and, and not in a mean way, but in a low-key way, one sentence, like fewer usually than 10 words, of like, well, well yeah, but... I would, I would totally have sex with Lauren Bober. Don't you think yeah. she's cute? Like some, you know, that kind of dumb stuff. I hate it. Everything, yeah, I everything is not everything. I got one more thing about satire, though, which is, you know, and I don't mean to because every because everything is everything. I feel the need to say, uh, fucking, I hate it. But like, okay, what? Let's take even somebody like David Brent slash Michael Scott. Mm, you see this a lot. Satire, on, satire, or like watching, like I'm watching oh, Veep no. again. Yeah, no, no, no. But but satire in the sense of like, what's funny? Well, here's what's funny. <laughs> what did Woody Allen say in the movie? Uh, if it bends, it's funny. If it doesn't bend, it's not funny. He's making fun of Alan Alan Alda. The um, but like I um, I think we learn a lot when we see what happens to people who try to address a non-problem. What ultimately they should know is a non-problem, whether that's a mix-up or whether that's a perceived slight. There's something extremely funny about watching somebody try to, like, uh, maybe save their dignity and honor, or like, you know, you know, clap back at somebody and having it go completely wrong because they misunderstood what the original thing was. Mm. So they have literally created the kind of characters in a satire who create their own problem because of their character flaws and lack of understanding of other people. I think that's very, very valuable. And I got to say, it does go through my mind. Am I about to Michael Scott this? Or am I about to David Brent this? Am yeah. I about to, to you know Jonah Ryan this? I think about it all the time and I think it's valuable. When we stop having people who do shitty things in movies and TV, when we stop having villains that are actually like on the one Not hand cartoons. human. Yeah, on the one human, but also like, you know, hey, you know what? Magneto makes a lot of the same mistakes I would make if I'm yeah. being honest. Think I about had the, all I had the a James good heart Bond about villains. It. They all had their they all they had, had the their world's reasons. best interests in at yes. heart. You know, some yeah. people should die. It's unconscious knowledge that's right there in the song. That's like Goldfinger, Goldfinger's story. Goldfinger, God, that's such a funny Goldfinger. movie. And, bah, 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 and the guy who played him, it was so funny. They had to dub him because his English was so like unusable. There's a lot of great behind the scenes stuff with Goldfinger. If you guys can ever find it, this is really obscure. There, Criterion put out. Um, and back in the day when they first started putting out James Bond movies on DVDs, they had amazing like panel commentaries, not Whoa. one person. Yeah, I've got the MP3s of it if you ever want it. But watching Goldfinger with the full commentary from people. No, Mister Bond. <laughs> I expect. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like, forget uh, about it. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's Chinatown, baby. Um, but like, you know, I love the twist in Goldfinger that he's not stealing the gold. He's just in the spoilers, but he's going to like make the gold unusable. Isn't that a great twist? It's a twist. It's such a good twist that he doesn't want to steal the money. He wants to make the gold nuclear so no one can use it. And now he will have, he will have basically destroyed this huge amount of the thing he loves and everybody thought he wanted to steal. But ultimately he was just yucking on your gold, yum. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. Yeah. All the villains now, they don't have a plan. They, They don't, they're, because they have to be villains. Like you say, you can't have empathy with them. They have to be one note. <clears throat> but they've also got, but like you can see a great villain can be, I think one reason, I don't know. See, John, I can't fucking say anything. I was going to say something about that Netflix Dahmer show. But in general, we are intrigued by people who are um, socially, social outcasts and who do stuff that's way beyond the pale. And I think there's such a titillation in that. But I really value and honor when we can watch somebody be be fucked up in a way they didn't understand originally. I think that's valuable. Got it. Yes. Yes. And you and I have been through so much. Think oh my about, god, we've been through so much. Think about us when we were when we were in our mid 30s when we first met, mid mid to early 30s. No, mid, mid early mid 30s. We're well, in our early mid 30s. Let's just say I was in my 30s roughly. Let's let think about who we were then and who we are now. What a I journey. I used to go to a lot more shows. You did. You went to so many shows. You yeah. were like Mr. Show. That's how, I, that's how I, I was like Mr. Show. And then I met my wife, Mrs. Show, yes. at Bottom of the Hill, out of Thinking yes. Fellers Union Local 282. And she grabbed my ass, if I'm being honest. There you go. It was a, it was a, real, it was a real good indicator that this was going to be a fun ride. I met, I met a, cute, a cute skinny girl, sorry, at, um, I met a cute skinny girl at, 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 when she went to see her favorite uh, indie rock band from San Francisco, and and we ended up uh, kissing at the bar. It's hard. It's I very went, hard. There's a, the sight lines there are very poor. I went with both of you to Bottom of the Hill more than once. So you came many to times. see me at the Bottom of the Hill. We would go to the Bottom of the Hill. We would go, go up the steps to that, to that creepy that little room. Place. <laughs> 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 and Eric's just sitting there on the filthy couch smoking a cigarette. Oh, we smoked. We so smoked. That was were you to get to the green room. Oh. Ugh, you had to go through the smoking area. Oh, the smoking! All the smoking we it was a did. A different time, John. We're going to lose you soon. You have your your schedule constrained today. So, can I suggest that I I will I will I'd like to read you a dream. Yes. And uh, and just see if it's the kind of thing that you might be interested in exploring, and then I'll hit the bell. Uh, uh, okay, I want to hear it. Or do you have more to say? I just no, you, no, no. You told me you have I, a heart out, right? We've said it all. We've really said it all. Everything now, is not everything, you guys. Just keep no. it in mind. Now I I want to hear the dream. This is from um. Uh, this is from April of 2020, this particular one. Okay. And it was, it was around the time that I made a big realization. And I think I said this, the first said this, the words first came out of my mouth on a podcast, but in trying to describe to somebody why my, why I feel like I, I want to say like my dreams are unusual. I don't think my dreams are unusual. I think I just am not stuck with the idea that a dream has to be a story. So I feel no inclination. Instead, I want to, I want to tell you how it felt. I want to tell you what I saw. And so what I said to this person was, I sometimes feel like I have, I don't have dreams so much as I have the source code for a dream. Okay. And so the title of this is Source Code for a Dream. <clears throat> Last week, I lost the recipe for blankets and for my father. The COVID plants and plant pots are missing, but they still smell. The truth is we never found the rocks after we moved, plus the rocks and beads dissolved from international disuse and pleurisy. 
The plywood restroom at the old dream school is dark and still narrated by Ira Flato. Everyone is in my way, and I'm out here trying to save the universe. A sidewalk is a contract. So I sigh as I do very rhythmic parkour all over your whole family. One morning, all the people under a certain height just disappeared, and it was the saddest loss. They were so little, and they all loved wearing hats. It's such a thing of beauty. Well, I, it's, I, I mean, like, you could make a dream out of that source code, and I could turn it into a story. Oh, my God, and there were these people there. There were little people. Oh, wait a minute, these little people. <laughs> no, 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 but the thing is, the sidewalk is a contract. The, con- the sidewalk is a fucking the contract. The sidewalk is everyone, a contract. Everyone, John, everyone is in my way, and I'm out here yes. trying to save the universe. Have you ever felt that? Universe. Oh, my God, every single day. Just just go. It's what it's for. Just keep moving. Get out of the way. Oh. John, are you in a submarine? Or are you monitoring uh, a submarine? Uh, uh, m- many people have wondered why my ringtone sounds like the radar pinging of a of a Cold War submarine. Oh. And, I, and I honestly, it wasn't intentional. It's just the one that appealed to me most. That's well, stuck. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Can we please do a show of your dreams? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, yeah. I, I think, yeah. Both our dreams, and we'll unpack them. Oh, oh, our oh John, we well, I, I, we, 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 uh, we lightly um, uh, promote this. I don't want to be a dick about it, but we would love it if you gave us some money. Go to Patreon.com/slash Roderick on the line. Yes, no, please. Roderick. What are we? Wait, what's our? What's our thing? You could also go to Give Roderick Your Money dot com. But your just keep back. just keep banging on your keyboard until we get money, please. <laughs> I lost the recipes for blankets and for my oh, father. Oh God, see.